Evolutionary.org presents Evolutionary Hardcore Podcast with your co-hosts, Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the most hardcore and underground info in the industry. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6... Evolutionary Org Hardcore 2.0, episode 30. Today we're going to be talking about Dianabol Bulk from Paraforma. And Dianabol, look, it's been around for a while. We're talking about on the pre-show. Mobster was saying how it's the breakfast of champions. Um, Mobster and I have both used it multiple times. Look, there's something about D-Bowl that is so good when it comes to how it makes you feel the mood. And then the appetite increase on it is just, there's no better steroid. So it's one of the most dummy proof steroids out there. And anybody, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, you have a hard time with appetite. It doesn't matter if you're a big power lifter. It doesn't matter where you're at. Anybody can use D-Bowl and see really, really fast results on it after two or three weeks and get those effects that are beneficial to you. So we're going to talk about that, Mobster. We're going to talk about the history, background. We're talking about how it's structured, side effects, dosing, stacking, bulking. Um, and we're going to talk about Parapharma and why Parapharma is really cool because they have a couple different options for Dianabol, no matter what you 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 are looking for. So, Mobster, let's first get into, um, you know, let's talk about the history a little bit. And, um, you know, I'll bring you in on this one to talk about Dr. John Ziegler. And what he was trying to accomplish, um, you know, with the Olympic situation. Yeah, so I don't think Ziegler invented this as such, though that's quite the way that it's worded. There is a uh, comment that I've seen elsewhere, not referencing the article that we're using today, Steve, where he worked with the company uh, because he'd seen that the Russians were using something. And he said, he said to this particular uh, steroid company, can, uh, pharmaceutical company can we do something and essentially they came up with which he then presented to the york barbell guys what we now call dianabol so i mean i say dianabol the bowl the bowl whatever there's different names guys but dianabol is the proper name so let's not muck about in that regards anyway and there's a lot of backstories in that way steve because i i've i've talked about multiple times on this podcast uh, muscle smoke and mirrors by randy roach and Randy's specifically got letters. There's other stuff that we've talked about when we talked about other historical uh, YouTube videos, talking about how this all worked and who was asking about steroids and so on. So, for example, we could talk about York Barbell briefly. <laughs> One of the things that Dr. Zergler fucked up on, Steve, is he, he, he thought he was doing a study. But if you read the comments that were made, it was so many things that were in a mess in terms of lack of controls. He, he had this whole thing where he was talking about um, the mental aspect. So he was working with some of the athletes, but not all of the athletes. He kind of half in charge of the training programs. They was introducing nutrition with uh, supplements, which they were never using before. The problem was it was a mess. The reality was that the one part that we could talk about, which wasn't a mess, is that every single athlete of the, uh, I think with the possible exception of John Gromek, every person else that was competing saw their lifts go up. Even when they were doing the whole hippie thing, Steve, they were getting into the peace and love. They were using recreational drugs. They were of that generation. And yet, even with subpar training and not the way that they had been working before, focusing with zero drugs, they saw their lifts increase. The problem was, so did everybody else's, and especially the Russians. So, yeah, you've got that particular aspect to it. Historically also, and we've talked about the golden age of bodybuilding, and weightlifting and powerlifting, if you want to include those. D-Bowl was probably, and I think I can certainly say this for myself, the first steroid that pretty much 90% of users have ever really sort of tested with, experimented with, whatever you want to call it. And it's almost, I think the way that Steve just described it, it's almost kind of idiot-proof. If you, Especially because we're going to cover any of the issues with side effects and bloating that some people get on Dynabol or D-Bowl. You, you listen to this podcast and keep it real simple. Don't go crazy on the dosing. And as Steve said, for, for a lot of users, 
that sense of well-being, the, the, the way that you feel that you can, especially the younger, skinnier guys can eat so well, it just makes it super, super simple. And think about this as well, Steve. Back in the day, and I'm talking about the York Barbolitas, the dosing that they started on was tiny. I think we're talking about five and 10 milligrams. And it was, and in fact, one of the f- things that fell apart with this structured uh, study, so to speak, is that the guys realized they were having success on five and 10 milligrams and then started to uh, take more than five to 10 milligrams, as Dr. John Zygler was trying to get them to do. So one particular thing, and I'll, get, I'll come back to you just after this, Steve, was they, they were getting a script from a local chemist who had the product stored there and bringing it in from, from the pharmaceutical company. And they worked out, as drug addicts tend to do, Steve, how to get scripts without Dr. John Zeigler's signature on it. And they were going down to the chemist and, and the pharmacy and getting more pills than they were supposed to. So he didn't know how much they were taking by the end. And I think actually there's, there's a comment I seem to recall where essentially he threw his arms up and sort of gave up on the whole idea of doing a study and whatever else. But as we know, at that particular time, the York Barbell guys were uh, world leaders and certainly probably the best weightlifting team in the States around that time. And again, this was a real simple, just e-ball, Steve. I don't think there was anything else that I've historically read of being used in those days. And they were amongst the best lifters in the world. And that is on a real simple, real straightforward anabolic steroid, Steve. So, yeah, on that particular one, what do you think on that before we get into the chemical structure? Yeah, and you gotta remember um, the Cold War happened. A lot of you listening to this probably weren't alive uh, during the Cold War. Mobster definitely was, and I was very young. So the Cold War is basically the U.S. versus Russia, and it was the East versus West. It was different ideologies, and um, and who was better? The, it was the race to the moon. It was the race to win um, things. Uh, the race to get nuclear weapons. The 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 race to um, this, you know, uh, set up other countries uh, with their certain governments and, you know, push their ideologies and all this stuff. And one of the things that was, you know, took a lot of pride w- with both countries was the Olympics. Uh, the Olympics is the, the time to show, oh, my God, my country can dominate your country. And that's very important to a lot of people. Um, and we see that uh, in sports and that's the beauty of sports that's it's it you know when it comes to sports sports always moves us forward with things you notice that and it's the same thing whether you're talking about in america the way you know we we move forward with college football which was um integration of the school system or it's in russia where they really excelled with education at educating their their uh their populace with a very high amount versus the rest of asia they had a a very well educated public so it was very important to compete and when it came to the olympics americans were falling behind the russians it's because the russians were using these peds to perfection so that was the idea behind john ziegler it was basically and this is an example of being pushed. And it's amazing that even in that time, they were pushing themselves more than we do today. Um, and now, of course, we have a much larger population in the United States, a much more diverse population. And we're seeing more strong athletes than ever, faster, stronger, bigger at every level of sports, including the Olympics. So obviously, America today, is the dominant country when it comes to athletics uh, across the world and just about every sport. Probably soccer is the only one, Lobster. Tennis, uh, especially on the men's side. So is PED use going to help America uh, get further than other countries? No, because kids growing up now, they want to go become basketball players. That's why the United States dominates basketball. They want to go become uh, football players, American football. So they're not going to play tennis. They're not going to play soccer there's no not there's less money in it so it's different when it comes to those sports but in this example when it comes to bodybuilding and weightlifting everybody is equal okay that's the thing about about this particular sport and this is why guys like me who are only five foot six 
gravitate to bodybuilding, gravitate to weightlifting, because we have the upper hand against the taller, bigger dudes who play these other sports. Obviously, I want to be able to play basketball. If I went out to the team for basketball, I wouldn't have gone anywhere. So really, at the end of the day, what gives you the advantage? Obviously, being able to take something like Diana Bowl is going to push you over the top versus your competition if they're not taking Diana Bowl, if they're not taking a PED, you see? So really, this was a huge advantage, and they wanted – Dr. Ziegler wanted to uh, help his Olympians catch up. And Dynable is a great, great, great steroid for powerlifting. Absolutely uh, a, a great option. But it's going to make it harder to make weight. And we're going to get into why that is in the next segment when we talk about structure. But, Mobster, um, I know you want to jump in. Touch a little bit on that. We're going we're gonna to get into the structure on why um, – Diana Bowl may not be a good idea if you're trying to make weight, <laughs> you know? So let me touch on something that Steve just talked about, and then I'll talk about the power side afterwards. So 100% at that time, as Steve said, we're talking about the, the early 60s, early to mid-60s. The Russians were 100 miles an hour, Steve. They had scientists working in the background to develop these products to give their athletes an edge. They had... Um, professors of sport and and then they, they basically this here's the thing guys especially in those days you you were not necessarily paid well if you lived in russia you didn't live in great conditions at that particular time and so on so if you were useful to the state whether that's as a, a teaching member of staff a research scientist or one of these athletes then you got a nice flat you got a nice apartment you got a nice home you ate better and you didn't have to work for a living uh, so uh, let's talk about state sponsorship, to say the least. And Ziegler's gone to the gone to Russia, or he's gone to a competition where the Russians are competing, and he's literally gone up. I believe the story is he went up to one of their scientists slash coaches and said, you know, what's the situation? And they got, I think he, they got drunk. I think the gist of it is that the Russian person got drunk and revealed that they were giving them these pills. Now, we've we've talked about T-Bowl in another podcast and how that was developed by... Uh, uh, Eastern Germany, Stasi, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you're talking about state sponsorship, state research, and a, the, the whole way of the athletes being successful is encouraged by the state specifically. And in America, it pretty much came down to, at that time, Steve, Dr. Sorry, not Dr. Bob Hoffman and the Hoffman's York Barbell Company and other money that he had coming in. Hoffman's a bit of an arsehole, it has to be said, historically speaking, but he was super devoted with the idea that the American weightlifters do well. So he was kind of turning a blind eye to what was going on because he wanted to beat the Russians. So there's that, that whole stuff and how it got to be used. And, of course, now we all have access. I think we said this in a recent podcast that we just recorded. We all have the same access. We all have the same ability to get all of these products, legally or otherwise, uh, uh, through, through approved sources, wherever you live, in whatever country you're in, and so on and so forth. So it kind of levels the playing field. And then we get to the whole chemical warfare stuff, which is above and beyond Debo on another kind of level. Let me talk about the power briefly. Right, so we know that steroids, specifically anabolic steroids, are great at increasing uh, nitrogen uptake and nitrogen retention. Nitrogen retention is you hold on to the muscle that you've got. Nitrogen uptake means you're absorbing more protein. And then, of course, even with the bloating that Steve talks about, the swelling, that this can from something from water, but it's also increased muscle size. It's tough like glycogen, increasing the muscle, and it depends on the steroid here. What do I specifically myself personally get from Debo? Steve, every single Dynabowl cycle that I've ever done, uh, I'm probably as close to maxing out as it's possible to get now, more or less. But I, I think I could guarantee, especially back in the day, Steve, that I would put on 10 pounds. Now, some of that was water, some of that was muscle tissue. But 10 pounds all over the average person, and I'm a bit taller than average, on an average person, Steve, is one inch on every muscle. That's one inch on your arms, one inch on your chest, whatever else. What does that mean in practical terms? Well, for me, for example, bench press is a great example because I've used this before. It means a thicker forearm pushing up against a thicker bicep. And that makes the leverage increase. So in other words, my, my the way that I'm structured because of my increased size means I can bench more. And then, of course, we've got the, the nitrogen, the glycogen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of those things basically means 
there's more fuel stored in my muscle and there's more power coming from the muscle. Any muscle that I've created by my training, thicker fibers, etc., means I've now got more to work with. So for me, an additional 10 pounds of body weight, you're probably looking at about five or six pounds of muscle, just means more power. As an example, again, guys, and I've discussed this on other podcasts, typically an off-cycle bench press for me will be 170 kilos, and my all-time best would be 20 kilos more, 190 kilograms. About the same as what Steve's been, around 418, 420. So it just basically was a 44-pound difference, and that's just on my bench press. So it's one of it's almost like I know what's going to happen, Steve. I've got almost a guaranteed 20 kilos on my bench or whatever lift. Uh, and as you said, food's good, recovery from training is good, et cetera, et cetera. And it's real, real simple. And there's another thing as well, which I'm just going to touch upon, Steve. I think, and, and I don't think this is a knock to any uh, pharmaceutical company that produces D-Bowl, but it's amongst the cheapest. I think one company described it as pound for pound, the best economically speaking steroids that you can take now of course there are side effects and issues and we have other things that we specifically aim for in training so we use all those tools in the toolbox back to you in terms of the chemical structure steve yeah so it's important to understand the the method to the madness they wanted to come up with something that was like testosterone that didn't require injection so these geek you know these chemist geeks and these science geeks they wanted to play around with the testosterone molecule. So they came up with Dianabol in a pill form. This way, people didn't have to you know, use injections. And the taboo of injections was at that time, and still to this day, I mean, if, if someone comes over to your house and they see a bunch of needles sitting on your counter, they're going to ask questions like, what is that, you know? When it comes to pills, everyone takes pills. I mean, everyone takes Tylenol, aspirin, uh, whatever, you know, they, they take pills. So it's not a big deal. They find uh, some pills. So this is the idea behind it. So what they did, you take the testosterone, it's a pure testosterone derivative from suspension, from testosterone suspension. So it's going to be in and out of your system quick, similar to suspension. And Dianabol is has the the two differences of Dianabol when it comes to, if you compare it to what would be oral testosterone, is the double carbon bond at 1-2, and it's 17 alpha alkylated. So it can enter the liver and pass in the body without being destroyed by the liver. So with that said, it is going to be liver toxic. But that's included in there so that you get a very, very good effect. Now, Andriol is actually testosterone in pill form. But the problem with Andriol, which has been prescribed for hormone replacement therapy in the past, I don't know of any situations where now it would be. I mean, you know, because now we have gels. So for people that want to inject, they can just put the gel on their shoulder every day. But problem with Andriol was it is not 17 alpha alkylated. So you take it, it's not going to get absorbed. It's going to get destroyed by the liver. You're not going to get anything really out of it um, where you're going to have to take a lot of it just to get a small effect. But with Dianabol, you don't have to take a lot of it to get an effect. It Only 10, 20, 30 milligrams, and we're going to get into dosages later, will make a big difference when it comes to it. So Look, at the end of the time, um, it's also got an added carbon bond, which is supposed to reduce aromatization. But in science, sometimes when you do things, it doesn't quite work out the way you want. So as much as testosterone aromatizes into estrogen, Dianabol aromatizes to estrogen a lot. All right? Because if you think about it, it's not getting destroyed by the liver. So a lot of it is going through and flowing through the body and converting to estrogen. So literally, as soon as you take the Dianabol, it's going to begin aromatizing an estrogen. So if you're not, if you're estrogen sensitive and you take Dianabol, you run the risk of estrogenic side effects. So that's 
the main um, negative effect of Dianabol that a lot of people don't want to mess with. I certainly don't want to mess with it today. At the at a, back in the day, though, <clears throat> I was coming from a different place. I was coming from the skinny, short guy who's trying to bulk up, who's trying to get stronger. Now I'm big enough and I'm strong enough where now I can just focus on looking good year round. So Dynable isn't an option for me today. But for a lot of you who are looking for strength, quick strength, and a lot of you who are looking for uh, to bulk up a, a very, very quickly and increase your appetite, Dynable is a really good option. So the main issue with estrogen side effects is going to be bloating, moon face, gynecomastia, which are the bitch tits. Because what happens when you get estrogen high in the body, you're going to get all those estrogenic side effects and it's going to be a domino effect. So once you start getting that little nipple irritation, that's a signal that, oh my God, my estrogen is too high. And by then it may be too late to just stop the dynable and hope it goes away. And it may be too late to just go ahead and, and, and jump on an aromatase inhibitor. You may have to be more aggressive and run an anti-gynecomastia protocol to combat estrogen. And that would include Letro and Novadex as a good stack. So it's a really good idea to always have Nova and, and, and Letro on hand. Letro being an, an aromatase inhibitor, Novadex being a SERM, selective estrogen receptor modulator. And those will help uh, kind of attack the estrogen in your body and bring that down so that your gynecomastia doesn't turn into a situation where you need surgery and you don't get that gland that, uh, that gets big. So uh, we want to definitely avoid that. So if you are prone to estrogen, you may want to think twice about running Dianable for that reason. So think about that. Um, a lot of people will run Dianabol and run Aromacin and Remedex with it. Um, and that will definitely help control the estrogen issues. But the side effects of Dianabol, um, the estrogen effects, can become a domino effect. Insomnia. If you're holding a lot of water in your body, your blood pressure is high, your heart rate is high, you're going to have insomnia. Now, Dianabol also comes with the liver effects. And I talked about the way that its structure is 17-alpha alkylated. So it will have liver effects. So you want to run your support supplement. You can come on the forum and we'll tell you uh, a good support supplement um, that is available. Kidneys. Uh, obviously, any anabolic steroid that you run is going to affect your kidneys. And then the heart strain across the board, uh, cholesterol strain, the high blood pressure. These are all factors. And they can be made worse from the estrogen if you've got excess estrogen in your system. But also, Dianabol also comes with the androgenic side effects. There's a reason you get stronger on Dianabol. It is because it has androgenic side effects. So you could end up with other side effects like aggression and acne and stuff like that. But mostly, um, in, in you know, from most people, mobs, I say 80, 90% of people are going to say they don't get a negative aggression from Dianabol, they actually get in a bit better mood. They get in a good mood on Dianabol, but they do have a boost in appetite. So if you're the type of person who gets hungry and then you get in a bad mood, it's called being hangry, then Dianabol could affect you in a negative way. So you want to make sure you're definitely prepared to be eating a lot more food on Dianabol because you're going to want, your body's going to be begging for food when you're on this stuff. The, the appetite increase is enormous on Dianable. I mean, I was eating before the gym, after the gym, you know, it, it was, it was crazy, you know, uh, how much I was eating. I remember when I went to a company dinner and, uh, we ordered and, you know, we all sat down, we ate. And then later I was like, look, I'm still hungry. I'm not satiated. So I told the guy, I go, wait, I'm like, dude, can you make another meal? And he's like, well, it's going to take time to come out. I said, I don't care how long it takes. Just make me another meal. And I ate that second meal. So, I mean, that the Dynable is no joke when it comes to appetite increases. Mom, sir, what was your experiences with Dynable when it comes to side effects? I'm going to say I agree with Steve in terms of the appetite. I believe it's not such much of an issue when I've run it more recently, Steve, but certainly back in the day 
you've got no idea how you're going to respond and whatever. I mean, it, here's an example. Some of my thought process at the time, my very first cycle was debulk, and I was still working for um, the police in my particular civilian role that I was doing then. And that would encourage, I wasn't a police officer, but that would include occasionally having to deal with angry members of the public. So of course I was thinking of the whole, you know, do steroids make you more aggressive, et cetera. And this is just me coming right in age 37. Um, so there was an expectation of, you know, keep your eye open, Steve, or, or mobster, are you thinking about, uh, you're gonna be more aggressive because you're using steroids literally just before a finish of that particular career. In terms of the appetite, certainly I remember eating more then. Now I think it's not an issue for me, and perhaps that's just me managing how I respond and, and, and knowing how I'm going to feel and just eating the same amount of food, et cetera, et cetera. So there's stuff like that. Something else that just occurred to me, Stephen, is two things. One, specifically, you talked about the issue sometimes of uh, sleep problems. was well, not particularly because of dianabol side effects as such, but because you've added weight very quickly. So quite simply, your body, if it as using myself as an example, again, adds 10 pounds the first time you use it. Now, you're not going to keep all of those 10 pounds, but you've added 10 pounds to your body weight and you're only 5, 10, 5, 11 inches tall. That's a lot. <laughs> it really is a lot. And it's going to be uncomfortable. You're, there's more weight on your chest, more, and you, you know, more on your neck, everything. So guys, it's a, the, the magic wand analogy that I've used in a previous podcast. If you added, people, oh, I want to put 20 or 30 pounds on. No, you don't, motherfucker. You really don't. Because that's a lot of water retention. It's a lot of size. It takes getting used to. So doesn't mean you, if, for example, Steve, you're more hungry, doesn't mean you get to eat crap. You should still eat clean. You should still eat a proper diet. And then the muscle that you've added will be that much better. It's more easy to retain and so on and so forth. And as I say, at the same time, Again, let's say, for example, we were just doing an eight-week cycle, Steve, and over that week, I put on maybe the, a little bit over a pound a week. It's still going to be something that you need to get used to at the end. So, for example, having disturbed sleep is not unusual. One more thing, and I don't think Steve's mentioned this, but we have actually discussed it when we've talked about uh, Debo in the past, Steve, the pumps. <laughs> and this comes from that, and I mentioned it earlier on, more oxygen in the blood and also increased glycogen into the muscles for some users it's not painful in the way that an anavar pump can be it's way more pleasurable it's probably as close as we get when it comes to anabolic steroids steve where uh you know, some younger users have asked this question I, I feel amazing when i'm in the gym i feel great when i'm pumped up how can i keep the pump going and there's conversations about food and workout products, et cetera, et cetera. I think D-Bowl is right up there, Steve, in you getting a pump, and because you've added that size on, feeling like you're permanently pumped. So there's definitely a D-Bowl pump experience for some users that's borderline pleasurable because they feel so goddamn good on it. They feel swollen. The shirt they wear, the training shirt, the training shorts, whatever, everything feels that little bit tighter. And, and, and if you're the kind of person that feels, I want to add on size, and you're using Dynabolt, and especially if you're, you're lacking the experience, this would be one of those things, hell, man, I know I'm growing. Everything's that much tighter, essentially. So definitely that particular thing. I want to touch upon the side effects now. So Steve's touched upon a few, I'll touch upon a few. That instant gain of body weight very, very quickly includes, whether we like it or not, Steve, and even when we're talking about AIs and SERMs, et cetera, et cetera, there's going to be water. Now, I've mentioned this in a pre-show to Steve. We've discussed this before. So generally speaking, you can get lean on any steroid. You can get bigger on any steroid. You can get stronger. Whatever it is you want to do, when it comes to anabolic steroids, you can probably do that with any steroid. And that's pretty much down to how you train and how you eat. Now, when we talk about this, and this is what we discuss in these podcasts, there are obviously options which are better at doing certain particular things. And so when we say a Dynabolt bulk, we're not joking. If you want to bulk, Dynabolt is an amazing drug. It is an amazing steroid. So 100%, you will, everything else put in place, and we're going to discuss that as well, get bigger. But some of that size is water retention. Now, for some of you that perhaps already lean and seeing that sort of watery uh, feel to the, the muscles, it's little bit of lack of definition etc etc some of that would be food but also steroid related that can be a problem 
the pumps, for example, we talked about antivirus now can be, for some people, uncomfortable. And then, as Steve said, we're talking about liver and kidney strain, organ strains, and there's products you can take there, and so on and so forth. So talk about the specific reasons. I mean, Steve's touched upon these already. And let Steve discuss the reasons why these side effects occur. And then we'll talk about managing them. Yeah, and at, at the end of the day, look, it's it's an anabolic steroid. It's a very serious anabolic. Like a lot of people have a misconception that because it's an oral, it's not going to have side effects or you know all kinds of these bro science ideas. But look, it comes with side effects. But it is a very easy steroid to use, you know, and it, you don't have to use, you know, tons of it. Like I've seen people run fifty milligrams a day, and look, the more you run of it, the more side effects you're going to get. That's the bottom line. And it really, side effects affect people differently. You know, Mobster mentioned pumps. Well, some of you are going to like the pumps on Dianable. If you're a bodybuilder and you like to do high repetitions and drop sets, then you'll love those pumps. You'll feel, you, you know, the veins popping out of your skin, your, mus your muscles will be popping out of your skin. You walk out of the gym, feeling a million bucks. But if you like to go running or do cardio and, um, this happened to me when I was on it. I was running on Dynable, and uh, I made it about three quarters of a mile before my calves felt like they were going to explode out of my legs. And I had to limp my way back to my car. Um, so that's an experience. But man, let me tell you something. When it comes to, you know, when it comes to powerlifting or when it comes to bodybuilding, it's just an incredible steroid. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's cheap. You know, uh, price to price, it's the, I would say it's the best steroid ever, ever, you know, uh, when it comes to price. Because you can buy Dianabol so cheap and you can buy a cycle Dianabol so cheap that it's, it's really, uh, it's really, really an amazing steroid. Like literally for less than a hundred dollars, you can run a cycle of Dianabol for like six, six, seven weeks. No problem and get a good good dosage per day that's how cheap this stuff is so it's cheaper uh it, it's cheaper to to get dynable than it would be to do an auto detail of your car you know so it's for the price there there's no better steroid um it just has to fit what you're looking for so in a lot of people too mobster they the appetite i can i can i can do the glass is half full or glass is half empty on the appetite if you struggle when it comes to appetite as it is and you have food addictions and you have, you're a habitual eater like so many are, yeah. then Dianabol is going to make you overeat and it's going to end up not being a good thing. But if you are someone who struggles for appetite, Dianabol can be uh, also if you're a skinny guy, young guy, your appetite hasn't kicked in yet. And um, it works great for appetite. So it just depends on all these Things are just depending on what your situation is, you know? Yeah. Let me jump in for a second here, Steve. So here's the thing, and I've mentioned this in a previous show. Sometimes we'll get asked questions on the forums and, and people responding to this podcast will say, you know, uh, they won't mention all the details of pieces of information which are relevant. So, for example, one of the side effects is blood pressure. And Steve touched on this briefly earlier on. If you're massively overweight, if you are borderline obese, if your body fat percentage is... 18, 19, 20 plus, then I would rather you didn't use Debo uh, specifically because you may have borderline blood pressure problems already. And the increased water, the, the bulk, the size, and the appetite, as Steve just mentioned, going to cause you problems. The same thing would apply, for example, uh, the difference between orals and injectables if there's a history of liver complaints or kidney issues in your family. So stuff like that. And I think the one more thing in terms of side effects, which I, I can be actually possibly properly uncomfortable but it can also make you think you've fucked your kidneys and your liver and so on and so forth i think specifically your kidneys is the back pumps now i've had var pumps when the shins for me were positively painful just walking into town when i lived at the time back pumps on debo can actually you know you'll get users come online and say stuff like you know my back feels like it's pumped all time perhaps i've damaged my kidneys da -da 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 -da, when they're confusing the two things so you do need to be aware of these particular things. And again, it can be just people not managing the side effects properly. Or again, it, it shouldn't happen in this day and age, a lack of awareness of the issues and how to manage them. So we're going to talk about all those particular things as well. 
Um, I want to talk about now, uh, Steve, how we would manage the side effects, of course. Okay, guys, be lean. And this applies to any steroid cycle. As I've just said, don't be massively overweight. If you were properly obese, belly hanging down kind of fat, then I'm not going to recommend Debo for you. In fact, hell, Steve, we're going to try to get you on a diet, try to get you lean. And if we, we suggest any oral steroid or injectable steroid, they're going to be ones where it's lean muscle tissues being added. Now, if you're a powerlifter, a strength athlete like myself, you can kind of get away with that thing, but then you're asking for issues with the side effects. So I would rather, for example, with Debo, have you borderline, you know, that 10 to 15%, maybe 16, 17%, like I said earlier, but no higher than that, Steve, really not. Uh, you know, it's about having that great leverage on the power, but I don't want you having problems with blood pressure. Steve's already mentioned Novodex and aphorotomatized inhibitors, 100%. And again, as I said, it, you could even argue, Steve, when it comes to bulking, there's an argument to be made for what we call dirty bulking. But here's where I would actually sort of negate that again. I would rather you have a clean diet, just eat more of it. That way you're not going to add fat. You're not going to add dirty, horrible bulk. When we're talking about bulking, what we're quite often talking about is that combination of water, fat, and muscle. And the D-bowl, that's very, very easy to do. So, But why, why get fat just for the sake of it, Steve? So again, just because you're taking D-bowl, just because you're on a bulk, and believe you and me, Parapharma D-bowl is going to work fantastically well, eat more clean food with regards to the back pump you might want to mitigate some parts of your training i'm going to do a debo stack therefore i want to lower the reps and especially if we're talking about power and bulking up as well steve so the higher volume stuff might actually be uncomfortable you don't have to stay in the same program year round and in fact i would argue that you definitely don't want to do that when you're on a bulk you want to train that a little bit change that a little bit what do you think on those things steve changing the nutrition so that to avoid side effects and specifically the training, what would you do in that same circumstances? I think the, 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 look, when it comes to the estrogenic side effects, you really have to gauge if you are estrogen prone or not. If you are estrogen prone, then Dynabol may not be a good idea at all. If you, and if you want to use it, you may want to stack in an AI. So um, this ties into our next topic where we talk about dosing stacking. So when it comes to using aromatase inhibitors, Look, I've heard both sides of the arguments on this. I've heard some people say, you know what, you shouldn't use an AI with Dynable because you should let the, the the gains, quote unquote, the gains go and not interfere with it. Let it do its job. Run a dosage where you don't get excess aromatization. And I've heard from guys say, you know what, you need an AI on it always because it's too risky not to do that. And they'll, they'll point to when they first used it, they started to have nipple irritation. They started getting the moon face. They started getting these water retention side effects that they didn't like. So I've heard both sides of uh, coin mobster. So why don't you start off on this segment, touch on that, start off with us on this segment about dosing, stacking, and, and how to use it. And then I'll, I'll kind of follow up after that with my thoughts. Yeah, so one more thing. Uh, don't recommend this for women at all so there's number one not even at a lowest dose in regards to ais and i've actually had this conversation multiple times online i would always use a an aromatized inhibitor or in this case a serm at novadex on debo a 100 and i've said this before the risk for the water retention is too high unless you're super ripped already uh and all the issues that are associated with that i would rather have a slightly less Crazy pump. I'd rather go. I'd rather lose, as some people like to say, when they talk about letting it work its magic. I would rather miss out on a pound or two gain, Steve, and not be water prone, and not have issues with gonna come I'd just, I'd just rather not. And I don't see the issue in what am I holding back? What percentage am I losing by not using these particular things just, just to gain an extra pound or whatever else? I don't want to have issues. I don't want to wait until an issue occurs. They have to deal with that issue. I'd rather not have it at all in the first place. So the arguments made, and I've actually said this in terms of percentages, if for argument's sake, and I'll use that £10 analogy from earlier on, I gain £10 by not using a CERM or an aromatized inhibitor, I would rather only gain £9 and have no side effects or the, the least amount of side effects possible because there's always another cycle. There's always another stack. There's always time in the future. In terms of dosing, I've never personally run it at more than 50 milligrams, never. Now I've seen 
people talk about 100 milligrams a day. That to me is probably the upper end. And perhaps you might see something like that in a competitive cycle, Steve. I've done a bunch of cycles with as little as 30 milligrams a day. And that to me seems to be pretty much where I can be, between 30 and 50. And if we talk about recommendations for users, I can't see that you really need to go much above that. You'd have to either be some sort of uh, freakish non-responder, or as I said, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to make go upper body weight, for example, in terms of a lifting or strength competition. And again, uh, because Steve used the phrase chemical warfare when he's described what it's like for competitive bodybuilders, again, I have seen stacks and cycles where 100 milligrams of depot per day in there has been used. But again, this is my feeling on that particular subject. I suspect it's a part of an overall protocol. This is not someone running 100 milligrams of Debo for 16 weeks, Steve. On the particular length of time of cycles, and I'm thinking of uh, Dylan, when we talk about this, Dylan Gamelli, Dylan's talked about orals in general terms, and it includes Debo when he says he doesn't like the idea of users going more than four weeks. Now, I've disagreed with this Dylan on this on multiple occasions. It comes basically down to our personal preference. I think Dylan's talking specifically, Steve, about the, the side effects that we've just addressed being that much greater on an oral steroid like Debo. But equally, Dylan uh, comes from a structured, physically structured a different way, a different look that he wants for himself. And again, the way that he, he his personal opinion when it comes to himself or clients and so on and so forth. I've run a bunch of eight-week cycles and had zero issues. And again, that makes me the same as Dylan. In that particular regard, Steve, it's my personal experience. But I would probably say I don't think I'm, I'm too far off the mark if we talked about eight weeks being quite normal. And again, why not shoot somewhere in the middle, guys? Uh, a bulk, six weeks. So, you know, the lower end would be Dylan thinking of four weeks. I would say the upper end is, is eight weeks. And the only reason for that is that because, again, the risk of side effects, et cetera, are greater the longer you're on. And there's no need really to say, I'm not going to do a 12, 14 or 16 week cycle of all steroids and especially not of the bowl for those particular reasons. What do you think on that, Steve? Okay, so we get a questions a lot. They're like, how much AI do I need with Dianable? So I would say, look, when it comes to Dianable, 10 milligrams a day of Dianable is kind of low in my mind. 20 milligrams, okay, now you're talking. And if you run 20, you might not need an AI. 30 is definitely a solid dose. I've run 30 milligrams of Dynable. I've never run more than 30 milligrams a day. And it's done the job. And because it has such a short half-life, it's going to peak in your system very, very quickly. We're talking within a couple of days. If you take Dynable twice a day, within the next two, three days, it's going to peak at your system. So you're going to you're going to get, you'll notice, all right, if you know your body, and this is what I went through the first time I used it, I was like four days into using it and I was bench pressing. And instead of doing my normal six reps, I was able to do eight reps on the same amount of weight. So I knew right then and there, yeah, this Dynable, this stuff works and it works quick. So, and I was only doing 30 milligrams a day. So you don't have to run more than 30. Um, but once you start going above 30, 40, 50, and then some people even run higher than that. Very, very rarely, though, because I think 50 milligrams is is an insane dosage, okay? I think that's really, really high. So if you're running anything above 50, that's, you know, unnecessary in my mind. Unless, even if you're a professional, I wouldn't run more than 50. But in that case, if you're going to run 50, I would definitely use an aromatase inhibitor. So I'd be using aromacin or aromidex. And aromacin, look, you can... Play around with aromacin, 12 and a half milligrams seems to be, you know, the cliche number of, of aromacin. But how often do you need to run 12 and a half milligrams? Is it twice a week? Is it three times a week? You really have to, it just depends on your situation. You don't run a, want to crash estrogen. You need estrogen in the body. And some people like to run their steroids and have a little bit of an excess estrogen effect. And that's okay for a brief amount of time. You don't want to have elevated estrogen for a long period of time because now you're opening up yourself to all these side effects we mentioned, plus you're opening yourself to other things, the hidden dangers of high estrogen, which is feeding cancer cells in the body, for example, cancer cells in your prostate, for example. 
That's why women who have breast cancer, they'll put them on an estrogen blocker for years post-cancer because they don't want an estrogen rebound where the, where the cancer can come back. So it's okay, as Mobster said, to, to have a little bit of elevated estrogen for four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks. Yeah. But yeah. don't want to run have elevated estrogen for a long time. So it's very important to control estrogen. And then don't go into PCT with elevated estrogen because then it's going to be harder for your body to recover. And then you run the risk of estrogen rebound and all these other things that can happen. So you want to control your estrogen, but you don't want to slam it. And a lot of, like I said, a lot of people like to have the estrogen in the higher end of the range or even slightly elevated estrogen while they're on the Dynable, as long as they're not getting those red flag side effects. Look, and the bottom line is like, if you can't sleep at night because you're holding so much water or your blood pressure spikes 25 points, that's a, that's a telltale sign that you need to get your estrogen down because that is basically stressing your body and it's very counterproductive in your body too. So I would say when it comes to dosing and stacking, you know, you really have to play around with what you can tolerate and what you can't. But there's the hidden dangers of even if you can tolerate high estrogen, should you still go ahead and have high estrogen? So I always recommend this is, you know, this is the truth. I'll bring you back in Mobster. When it comes yeah. to stacking, don't stack Dynabol with another aromatizing compound. That includes testosterone. And we talk, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you can't run an oral by itself. You should run testosterone with it. No, you don't. Yeah, that's rubbish. <laughs> and Parapharma actually has injectable Dynabol. So, okay, you don't want to run an oral by itself? Run injectable Dynabol then. There you go. That's covered. So Parapharma has you covered either way. They have the pill form Dynabol. They have the injectable form Dynabol. And we're going to get into um how they the, the milligram per milliliter and uh, the pro specific products that they have in a second. Um, but in the meantime, look, at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm on, uh, you know, eight weeks is a good, is a good amount, but if you want to run Dynabol for four weeks, you can use it to kickstart a cycle. You can yeah. use it in the middle of a cycle. You can use it to finish a cycle. It just depends how you want to. It's very flexible because it has a short half-life. That's the way they designed it to be flexible with the short half-life. That's why they did that. Just like testosterone suspension, it's in and out of your system quick. So with Dynabol, you can run it for four weeks see where you're at. If you want to stop it, stop it. If you want to continue, continue it. There's no rule to, oh, you can't run it longer than four weeks. Oh, you should run it four weeks. There's no rule. You need to kind of run it to where you're going to get the benefits and what works for you. So play around with the dosages. I just recommend not running it with an aromatizing compound mobster. I personally, I've, I've run it before with just oral. I've run 20 milligrams of Dynabol with 20 milligrams of T-Bolt. You can also do same yeah. thing with Anabar. Run 25 milligrams of Anabar with it. This way, it's a yin and yang effect because T-Bowl and Anabar don't aromatize, you see. So you could do it like that. There's guys that like to run it with Primabolin. Back in the golden age, they would run a small amount of Dynabol with a high amount of Primabolin. They'd get a nice yin and yang effect. So again, with Primabolin, it's a DHT derivative. It won't aromatize into estrogen. So that's another option you can run it with. I wouldn't run it with something very androgenic like trend, because now you're opening up yourself up to extremely high amounts of androgenic side effects. So yeah. that to me is not worth it. So what would you stack uh, with Dynabol Mobster? I agree with Steve. I just think one, one thing very quickly in terms of frequency, I've whenever I've run it, and again, specifically if I'm running at 30 milligrams a day, I would run it at uh, three dosages equally split. So every eight hours, I believe the half-life is about eight hours anyway, Steve. So that's incredibly useful in that particular regards. I agree with you. If I was running another oral, it would probably be something like Anavar. Uh, again, I'd have to watch for the pumps there. So, for example, hydrating like a motherfucker to make sure that I don't have any particular issues there and watching my cardio. Um, and again, I would never, for example, run it with Anadrol. Never. Because it just its reputation, again, with some users, would be massive amounts of water retention on that anadrol alone. And then I've got D-Bowl in that particular mix. So yeah, I mean, like Steve says, I disagree. And I believe Steve said the same thing just now about it got to be run with testosterone. No, it doesn't. I've run this a bunch of times solo. I've never needed to do that. Never. 
And I don't think I'm an extreme outlier in that particular regards in my response to it. So, yeah, I mean, for example, again, any what we call, quote unquote, dry drug, the one that's not going to add more water, for example, Winstrol could be. Uh, the problem here, Steve, is dose dependent as per usual. When we discuss something in isolation, like we're taking it on its own, it's one thing. When we discuss it as part of a stack, it's something else. So, for example, Winstrol would be a good one again. But I'd want you to be on a clean diet. You know, if you're on a messy diet, why are you taking Winstrol? Because it's a quote unquote drier drug, one that's more likely to promote lean muscle gains. And here you are mixing it with Debol. At this chemical warfare, the science comes down to what you're dosing the other steroid, what amount it's being used, how long it's in. Are you, as Steve said, and I'll touch on that as well, Steve, using the Debol as a kickstart while you're waiting for the other drugs to start shining, which means you're running them at the same time, but they don't they haven't built up in your body, and so on and so forth. Now, I'll touch very quickly because it's one of my pet bugs is in terms of the, the um, kickstarting. In my opinion, ultimately, for the majority of listeners, the majority of users, unnecessary. The, the other drug going to work when it's reach saturation. Um, and the end result, in my opinion, for the most part, is every single time I've asked if no one's ever put up a photograph or measurements or anything saying that the results they got at the end of a stack with, say, the secondary drug reach and saturation have been different overall. The only argument is, and it really comes down to what the personal preference is, that they like to feel like they're on straight away. And uh, those people will say, you know, I think like I'm missing out if I don't do that. But again, none of them have been able to come back and said, oh, I gained two pounds more, three pounds more, five pounds more. Never, not once. So it could just be liking how they feel on, enjoying the pumps, et cetera, et cetera. And like I said, again, if you're competing, that's a different argument again, because you're probably going to run D-Bowl as part of an overall competitive stack for a shorter period of time in terms of the D-Bowl, but as an overall plan here in terms of where you want to be from 16 weeks to 12 weeks and 10 weeks out from competition. So all those things come into play. Yeah, so definitely, Steve, I think three times a day, 10 milligrams at a pop, 30 milligrams overall, honestly, it's just about as simple and easy to run, as specifically solo as it's possible to get. Ask us if you decide to use other stories, come on the forums and so on and so forth. Right, now why parapharma? Why? Because, I, I, and again, I said this in another show, Steve, I've got their products on the desk right now. Literally, as we're doing this podcast, I can turn my head to the left and see them in the container that I've got on my desk. I'm about to run a bunch of their products for a cut stack. So this is like one of those monsters approved type things. They're a great source great products why you go on their website parapharma specifically's website not one of their resellers you'll see that they have certificates and analysis you'll see that they've got test results you can click on the products one of the things and it's a silly little thing steve but i actually mentioned this when we were talking about something else recently the time and effort has gone into designing the labels the sachets the veils everything is an indication for me I mean, for example, Steve, 99% of the products, especially oral products on the market, come in a white sachet, one of those tear strips across the top. Parapharma products are black, which means that's a much smaller uh, order for them in terms of the overall industry, which means they've gone out of the way to be unique. They've spent more money ordering something that's not normal in order to stand out in the marketplace. Then they've spent the time and effort putting together a proper website with good products, They've been around, I believe, I think we're talking about 13 years now at this particular point, might be longer with Parapharma. And then again, as I said, you can go on a bunch of sites and you've got to ask if there are certificates of analysis. Parapharma, you can find them. You can find the test results. You can see where the products have come out. You can look at the dates on those certificates of analysis test results to see when the tests were done. You can ask for up-to-date ones. You can contact the organization. And then we get into what makes us talk about a company as being an approved source. Again, it's not just me saying I'm going to use the product or Steve saying he's used the product. It's a bunch of our members on the forums that have used their product. We can go onto other forums and see Parapharma's indicated as being a great source. And even this is a silly thing again when I talked about the labels and the designs earlier on. Right, so the fact that a company's been around a long time is a big part of what makes a company an approved source. We don't want to approve companies that have been around for a few months. 
that's just because quality control can go be amazing at the beginning and then shit at the end. Dosing can be overdosed to underdosed to no active ingredient in the product whatsoever. You don't get that length of time in the industry and the, the reputation and the, the reviews from users if if your products were amazing at the beginning and now they're piss poor. They need to be on point all the fucking time for years. And then again, then you build up a reputation. So you want a great reputation. You want a great product. You want to see tests and lab results. You want all those kind of aspects for you. You want a professional looking product. And, and again, how does this work? The same as it would work in pharmaceutical products that you can buy in a pharmacy, in a chemist, as we say, in the United Kingdom. You want to see that level of quality from manufacturing dates, batch numbers, test strips, all of these kind of things, holograms on the label, the more complicated and harder to uh, fake the labels are, the better, because the company's gone to that point where they don't want anybody copying them. They want to be as legit looking as possible. They want to be professional as possible. What do you think on that, Shabnik Steve? At the end of the day, when it comes to Dynabol, and um, Dynabol is a cheap steroid to source, but you know, even so, uh, there is poor quality Dynabol that that is out there. It's cut uh, when it, when it comes to oral steroids in pill form, they're going to be cut very poorly in a lot of cases. Is a um, lot of fillers in there, dangerous fillers that don't belong in your body. So we work so hard to avoid additives, and we work so hard to avoid these artificial chemicals that um, are all over the place. They're in our uh, cleaners at home. They're they're in the soil. They're in our foods. They're in our water. And we work so hard to do it. Why take a pill that was cut with very low quality ingredients and put that in your body? So Perfon is high quality. And they have you covered when it comes to Dianabol Mobster. Uh, they cover, they have two different options for you. So they've got you covered. They've got the oral form and their packet comes 100 tablets, 20 milligram uh, tablet, as we've talked about. It's called Dianabol 20. And then they have the injectable, which is you can inject it. And it's a 10 milliliter vial, 100 milligram per milliliter. So really, it's a tiny amount that you need to inject. We're talking about a fifth of a milliliter would give you 20 milligrams. A half a milliliter would give you 50 milligrams. That's a lot. So really what you would do um, in this situation is if you're one of those people who are like, well, I don't want to run an oral by itself. Well, okay, then don't run an oral by itself. Just get the injectable and inject it. Boom, you're covered. So either way, you're going to be covered. And the price is cheap for Dynable, the Paraforma. You're talking a high quality product. And if you decide to stack Dynable with something else, they have everything you need. They also have you covered, they have Aromacin, Arimidex, Novadex, Letro. So you can grab yourself AIs as well in case you get estrogen issues or if you want to run them with the Dynabol. So Parapharma has you covered. Check them out and you won't go wrong using their products. I really have a lot of respect for their products. They've been around many years, at least 12 years and they're on many different forums with rave reviews from a lot of people. So you won't go wrong using these guys. Um, I know Mobster, you're you're a huge fan of their products specifically. And um, at the end of the day, we always want to put quality in our body, whether it's water, food, all all the stuff. We don't want to put junk in our body. So this is high quality gear. They know what they're doing, and they I, I I'm flabbergasted, Mobster. I I honestly. I don't know of any complaints on uh, Parapharma gear over the years. I've not seen a single complaint. So obviously they're doing something right. So Mobster, touch on that a bit. And then, um, yep. you know, take us to the disclaimer. I thought it was a great show. Uh, on the uh, injectable, Steve, I understand some users like to use this pre-workout uh, as a way of getting into the system very, very quickly. Personal preference in that regards. I think oral works just as well. Taking it the night before, it's going to be in your system in the morning, especially for me. The oral can be digested very quickly. Right. As far as Parapharma as a source is concerned, Steve, it's one of my favorites. Uh, I have maybe four or five tops in terms of uh, anabolic steroid sources, and Parapharma is right up there for me because of all the aspects that I touched upon earlier on. And I, that's the, the number one reasons why I like to see those things 
Forest or if I don't see all of those things, they get pushed down to number two, number three, and so on and so forth. So Paraform is working that way. Very quickly, and this is the final tip before I take this into disclaimer, on the 20 milligram pills, now, of course, you could take multiples, singles, and so on and so forth. What we talked about is in the past, I, I bite my pills in half if it's a 20 milligram pill. And, of course, you can buy a pill splitter. Uh, I've just had a very quick look, and I'm not going to mention the numbers, but I've just had a very, very quick look in terms of the pricing from one of their suppliers, Steve, and it can get so cheap, especially here in the UK. But even for the domestic slash American market, guys, you can get the price per pill down to something crazy. It's basically not much more than a buck a day per day, guys. Uh, so honestly, when Steve said about detailing your car, he's not joking. And so if you use Parapharma directly or one of their approved sources, and especially if you buy a decent amount, Steve, the price per day is absolutely crazy. It's possibly the cheapest stack you're ever going to do, and you're using a solid company like Parapharma to buy those products from. And uh, so I, I, I think the result, I, I want to hear what you guys do in terms of your results. I want to hear that you've run the products, what results you had, how you got on, how crazy these saying the pumps were, how especially you younger, uh, newer users, it was just crazy what being on Debo was like and how you were killing it in the gym. Please give us your feedback in that particular regards. I want to hear what you've got to say. Please note, we are not doctors and your opinions are ours. It is our view and based on our experience and views on the topic, a podcast of informational purposes and entertainment only, the freedom of speech and the first amendment.